0: Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm.
1: How many were here last week for Salem's? Have you touched the ground yet? (laughs) Well, God is still just... Pouring into us to pour into you. And so we have a special message just for you today called New Wine, New Skins.
0: I like that. New wine. Could you say that with us? New New wine, wine, new skins. skins. All right. And uh, one thing we've learned at Mount Hope Church over the past 14 years is that we are always in a state of change. Always. Do we like that? Most of us?
1: Always. (laughs) probably not,
0: but if we aren't willing to change, then we can easily become stunted in our personal and spiritual growth. Not unlike the Israelites, you remember them? The Old Testament? How many times did they go around the desert, or how long did they go around the desert? 40 years, can you imagine that? And you'd say, well, (laughs) I'd never do that. I'd never do that, but how many of you have been doing something for 40 years or more, even though it contradicts God? Amen? So, here's the thing. The Lord is either going to wait for you, like He did with the Israelites, to die or to change, to allow Him to change more specifically because god is the one that's doing the changing that's what that song said today god is doing a new thing he wants to change you through the blood of his son jesus christ he wants you to become a new person in him so our choice die or allow him to change us
1: amen amen you know the old testament shares so many memories of what happened during some of the great wars of that time. One of my favorite scriptures is 2 Kings chapter seven. And I just want to read it to you this morning, explain it a little bit. It's an awesome description of not what only happened, but how we need to be during times of trouble and calamity. Take what 2 Kings says, and use it in your own life. We're going to start with uh, verse 3.
0: We have behind us. Good.
1: Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die, they ask each other. We will starve if we stay here. But with the famine in the city, we will starve if we go back there. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we'd have died anyway. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Armenians. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack us, they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, Horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating and drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. And they finally said to each other, "'This isn't right. This is a day of good news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace.'" So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. We went out to the camp, they said, and no one was there. The horses and donkeys were tethered and the tents were all in order, but there wasn't a single person around. Then the gatekeepers shouted the news to the people in the palace. This passage is a perfect example of how we need to look at our life. And I can remember the night Bill Wilson talked about this verse. Was 25... 25 years ago? We were
0: young pups. We
1: were, we were praying about getting into ministry, getting into missions, and we went to hear him. And he said this and it has stuck I with me. I think he wore a hat like this too. Did he? It's stuck with me ever since. Just like the lepers, you have to look at your life. Most of you in here have given your heart to Jesus. And if you haven't, we're going to give you a chance today. But I want to tell you If you gave your heart to Jesus, you don't want to go back to that old life. You do not want to go back to what you had before. But there's a twist to this. You don't want to stay where you are right now. That's right. Each and every one of you have a path you're supposed to be going on. And if you don't step forward and go, you're going to die. So if you go back, you're going to die. If you stay where you are, you're going to die. So what is your choice? New thing, you got to go forward, and you can be afraid, you can be uncertain of what's going to happen. But if you're going out with Jesus, it's going to be good. God is going to do something, and He's going to bless and He's going to touch those around you as well. When we step out in faith and go forward, it isn't always an easy process, it might even be uncomfortable or painful.
0: How many like that?
1: You know, and the illustration I have for this is working out and eating right. What's that? (laughs) Oh, you mean this? It's kind of hard to come out of my mouth right now. Working out and eating right. Yeah, I see it.
0: I like that one. Don't forget what you are. You are what you eat.
1: I need to eat a skinny person.
0: I like that one. Watch out, you That's not
1: doing what you're supposed to. But as you work out, you know, that first run, man, you can hardly make it. The second run, you get a little bit better. You start lifting those weights, it's tough. But before you know it, you're building muscles. Your breathing gets better. Your health gets better. And if you're watching what you're eating...
0: I watch it every time I I eat a cookie. I watch it go from the plate to my mouth.
1: Yeah. And and he told me... I got
0: bad news this week. They've determined that you get cancer from drinking milk and eating Oreo cookies. What is up with this world?
1: But you told me this week you were going to start cutting out your sugar.
0: I did for one day. Yeah, I know.
1: Back to the, what I'm talking about. When you start exercising and eating right, you feel better. You look better. You're healthier for the future. It's not easy to do. It can be painful. It can make you sick. To your stomach if you're running so fast. But if you keep it up, if you push hard, if you keep going, if you fall, you get up and you keep going, just like these lepers did, there's a blessing at the end.
0: See Rachel Patter over there going, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Now, the one thing I wanted to point out too is I don't know if any of you knew what it was like to have leprosy. It's, it's, it's a horrible disease, and we don't see it very often these days because of medications, and it's not as widespread. But back then, they were considered outcasts. They couldn't even see their families. They were put out of the town. They were I would imagine they were made fun of. They were heckled. They were told not to be touched. People would run and scream from them. So you're talking about a group of people that had been denied a lot and taken for granted by a lot of people in the town. So you've got these four lepers that are sitting around going, man, what are we going to do? If we go back, we're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. But if we go forward, you know what? They might kill us, but hey, okay, what's our option? So they go into this town, and they're enjoying it, man. They're eating everything. They're getting gold. I mean, think about that. That would be like you walking into town and be able to go to anybody's home and take whatever you wanted. Now, would the first thought after that be, you know, these people that were so mean and cruel to us? Maybe we should tell them. A lot of us probably wouldn't have that attitude, would we?
0: No, we'd be like, let them starve.
1: Yeah. But look what these guys did. Man, we've got to go back and tell them because they're starving too. We've got to go back and tell these people that there's something here just for them. Hmm. So when you're being beat up on maybe for your walk with Christ... If you're getting beat up for things you think you're stepping out in faith and doing, and people are snickering at you, maybe calling you names, realize you need to pray for them. You need to say, Lord, I don't know what's up with them, but God, just love on them like you've loved on me. And God's going to do miracles. And I just think that that's why I love this portion of the Old Testament, because it's so powerful, just in these verses.
0: Amen. So the four lepers had the right idea. They decided to take care of those who mistreated them. In a sense, you could say they had the heart of the Lord. Graham Cook recently wrote an article that he titled Epiphany as a Lifestyle. Now, you're probably, some of you are going, what's an epiphany? So I took the time to look it up.
1: It took me three days to say it. I can say it now. Epiphany.
0: Merriam-Webster's Online Dictionary. You
1: guys, I want applause. Epiphany! Yes! (laughs) Sorry. It's
0: going to be a long sermon. (laughs) An epiphany is a moment in which you suddenly see or understand something in a new or very clear way. Hmm. Got it? So, the light bulb goes on.
1: Light bulb. Epiphany. I don't remember
0: where. (laughs) In the article, Graham spoke of how Saul, remember him? he became paul how he had refused to look upon the christian as a legitimate religion in fact he persecuted them he thought they were against the, Christ, the the hebrew faith as he understood it so god had to do something god had to get a hold of his heart his mind and change the way that he thought this didn't happen until, until he had an epiphany. That is, an epiphany of who Christ was. But after the epiphany, how many remember what happened? Did Saul change? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many of you need an epiphany? <laughs> you need God to get a hold of you, to change you in the way that you think. Graham went on to say when God's doing a new thing, we can only walk in it after we are disengaged from the old thing by the Lord Himself. Here's, the, here's what I see happen many times is we try to do all the work. It's not up to us. God is the one doing the new thing. He applies the blood of His Son to your life. You are changed in that instant. But it's also ongoing, isn't it? Can I ask, without anybody raising their hand, how many of you still struggle with things that you struggled with before Jesus? I'm sure most of us would be raising our hand right now. It isn't easy to let God have these things, but we need to do that. The old man, as I see it, he tries to hang on to us. And if you're old, I don't mean... (laughs) I'm talking about that old spirit man before you knew Jesus he doesn't want to let go even though we've been blood-bought and are filled with God's Holy Spirit and hopefully you are we can still strive to keep that old familiar man around and if you're a woman I'm talking to you too woman Old woman, old man, same thing, all right? Don't, don't discount. Don't be looking at the men going, see? <laughs> I'm talking to everybody in this room. I've never expressed this illustration before, and I almost didn't do it, but I decided I would. When I was a little boy, I sucked my thumb. I know, never knew that. I know that's hard to believe.
1: 40 years, never knew he did that.
0: Very insecure as a child. In fact, I was still sucking my thumb around the age of six, maybe even pushing seven. I don't remember exactly uh, when everything happened that I'm going to describe here in just a minute. But my parents were embarrassed of me. How many of you have ever seen this before? Maybe you did it. I don't know. But here's the thing, I didn't care if they were embarrassed because I found comfort in that thumb sucking. But there's another part to this. I needed something, something I was familiar with, something I drug around everywhere I went and that was my blankie. I had to have my blankie. And let me tell you, I don't know how many years I had it. I just know that that thing was tattered Torn, stained, but it was my blankie. And it brought me comfort for some odd, strange, crazy reason. I was familiar with it. Do you see where I'm going with this? I don't remember how (coughs) or when. All I remember is somehow my blankie went MIA. Somewhere around 6 or 7. And here's the funny thing. After I got through a night or two of crying without it, I stopped sucking my thumb. Amazing. That familiar thing kept me doing that. (laughs) And I didn't find enjoyment in it any longer. What's the spiritual context of this? There are things that you can have in your life that are familiar, idols that you're familiar with. Where you think to yourself, I can't go without this. I can't let it go. You know, I want to serve God, I love God, I want to serve Him, but this one thing, God, just this one thing, come on, you can let me have this, just this one thing. But let me tell you something, that one thing that you're familiar with is holding you back from God's best. And you can give that thing up just like that blanket. You can give that one thing up if only you try. And give it to him. This is something you do. This is something you give to God, so that He can take it away. Listen, everything in your life is negotiable, with the exception of your relationship with Jesus Christ. There's nothing else that you have to have to get through this life. If you've got Jesus, you're on solid ground. Amen. All the other stuff you can do without. Absolutely. And God is in the business, and I hope you understand this. This is the context of our message. God is in the business of doing a new thing, as they said with the DC talk song. Sometimes, though, it takes an epiphany to realize who you are in Christ before you can release these things to the Lord. Sometimes you have to get that image in your spirit man or your spirit woman and realize, I can do all things, not because of me, but because I am a blood-bought, born-again Christian who loves the Lord, and as such, there is nothing that can hold me back from my destiny with Him.
1: Amen. You know, if you allow this to get into your spirit, this new thing can change the dynamic of your life. Now I want to back up for one minute. Last week when Salems were here, she kind of pulled me aside and took me under her wing prayed for me for a healing through my hands, I had a choice. I could have said, I know how to pray for people. I pray for people all the time. So there are some situations out there where you might be saying right now to yourself, well, I understand this when someone has sin or they have something in their life they need to get rid of. But you have to be willing. Maybe your, your walk is solid. Maybe, But God's going to come in and shake things up. He wants to see how obedient you are. And I felt like that was what was happening to me last week. I was, at first when she called me up and started, I'm like, why is she doing this? I know how to pray. And then all of a sudden, I just thought, God.
0: You mean you caught an attitude?
1: I almost did.
0: Oh. Wait. Can, I
1: had an epiphany. Can
0: I <laughs> Can I share one thing that happened last week with that?
1: No. No. <laughs> Now, let me go on. (laughs) Go
0: ahead. This is funny.
1: Oh, are you doing the pork thing. (laughs) That's not fair.
0: We're in here praying. Harry Salem is just, I mean, he's on fire up here. And he's calling things out. And all of a sudden, he goes, where's Pastor Barb? I need Pastor Barb up here. Of course, she wasn't in here. She was in the kitchen. So somebody ran into the kitchen. Pastor Barb, Harry wants you up front. He wants to pray for you. Well, she had just put a pork chop in her mouth and was chewing on it.
1: Because I was, I was as starving. She came
0: out the door, and she's sneaking in, trying to get, take as much time as she can to get up to the front, because she's still...
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, when I hit the sound booth, Andy... I was Andy, getting there. I was Andy, getting there. I, it's, it's my embarrassment. <laughs> Andy said, give me the pork, Mom. And he hands me a wintergreen mint. Mm. So I have a mouthful of pork, and I thought a new
0: sensation: pork chop. No, and no winter to
1: Wintergreen and pork does not go well at all. So by the time I got up here, I'm going. <laughs>
0: you want me to walk? And I'm over here. I am just cracking up because I knew what she'd done, and it was it was fun. Oh yeah,
1: it's. Sorry, we, I took so we, much enjoyment. We away. we have so many epiphanies around here my favorite word.
0: <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. you got to finish that out? Yes.
1: What I wanted to say is be willing to change up. Be willing to step out in new things, even though you think you know what you're doing. Because God has something new for you. And I have been on fire ever since she laid hands on my hands. And I know God is wanting to do a new thing. Right. But if I had had that attitude of, yeah, sure, I'll help you. Instead of, what do you have for me? Mm. See the difference? So even though, even with this, we need to do God's work and be looking for those times that he wants to pour more into us. And, you know, you don't have to be a superhero. God uses regular people.
0: Yes, he does. God
1: uses those goofy people like me to minister. And I'm so thankful He's made a place for me, and he's made a place for each and every one of you. Amen?
0: That's right. He adds a super, right? That's right. We can be the hero, but he adds a super. Well, I love what Ravi Zacharias said recently in one of his video teachings. He said, the hunger of your heart must change. He didn't say should change. It must change. And let me explain. The things that you yearn for the desires of your heart those things have to change if you remember who you were before Jesus before Christ or in your BC days you remember how you were how you thought, how you acted, how you responded, how you reacted when you become born again that person changes the way you think changes, the way you act changes, the way you react changes recently uh, we had an opportunity to really blow up at somebody, but we didn't. I thank God for that. I give him the glory because the old man would have said, come on, put him up. <laughs> I was ready. And the Holy spirit just said, no, you can't be like that. Even even this guy still goes through that occasionally. How many can say amen to that?
1: Especially when you're driving. <laughs> <laughs> Epiphany.
0: Was that because I brought the pork chop up? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So before Christ, our focus is often self-centered, right? For men, the next adventure, like hunting girls, parties, or hunting girls at parties. Go ahead, say it. What?
1: I'm waiting. What? (laughs) I took that out.
0: Or for girls, (laughs) women, what's the newest fashion? Do I look good? (laughs) Where can I meet Mr. Wright? Why doesn't that girl like me? (laughs) Huh? You know these are pointed. That's how we are, though, often before Jesus. Then we meet him. We begin to think about spiritual things, hopefully. We begin to... Study him and see how he responded to people how he loved people how he cared for people and then Those things that he did become part of who we are Here's what it takes. It takes us to rethink This is one of the things in our our three campaign the very first one rethink who we are in Christ. I like how uh, in, in computer terms when your computer stops doing what it's supposed to do, what do you do? (laughs) Reboot it. Sometimes we need that. We need a, a spiritual reboot. We need to let God change us, clean us out, and put everything back in order like it should be, like He designed us to be. Last week, Cheryl Salem prayed over me, and she kept praying, Lord, factory reset. And at first I was like what? But she was talking about healing Factory reset and I'm thinking yeah when I was born. I was in great shape I'll go back to that Of course. I was about a few sizes smaller too. That'd be all right, too, you know Come out here with a size 6 waist ladies (laughs) Okay, that's a girl term. Sorry 29 inch waist right? (laughs) To get that reboot You need an epiphany of what the Lord wants to do in your life and with your life, and that will change your life. I want to say that one more time. To get an epiphany of what the Lord wants to do in your life and with your life, that will change your life. So how many need an epiphany today? Come on, be honest. Everybody in here should be raising your hand. Because I know there's nobody here that I think looks like Paul or Peter or any of the other apostles and going out and shaking this world up. All of us need to hear this message. We all need a a reboot. And maybe not to the degree that some of us need it, but we still need God to change us. Robbie said this, the first thing that your heart hungers for as it pertains to God is redemption. And I try to talk about the blood of Jesus in almost every message because He is the reason we're here. Amen. Without the blood, we we're just having fun today. All right. Hopefully you are anyway. Hopefully you're learning too. But without the blood, there's no point in us meeting. You want to know something interesting? Any of your cults eliminate the blood. You want to know if it's a cult? Look to see whether or not they still require the blood of Jesus to be forgiven of your sins. You find that out, you'll know whether or not they're a cult. So that's a pretty clear understanding. We remain under the crushing weight of sin until we cry out to God for his forgiveness. Can I hear a big amen? Amen. God's forgiveness is always first. Then redemption comes in and it releases us from the weight that sin how many know what I'm talking about today you have been released from that the weight of that sin and from death itself I love this scripture because it really points out what I'm saying here but now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life and of course we all know this verse 23 For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Hallelujah. That's good news. In his teaching, Robbie emphasized that to quench the hunger of your heart, you have to follow these three steps. You come to your loving Father, your Heavenly Father, and you ask Him for forgiveness. Number two He redeems you from your sins and He washes you clean through the blood of His Son, Jesus Christ. And number three, you begin walking in that righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, and your life becomes a living testimony of what God has done in and for you. So, capitalizing on this and closing this thought out, as a born-again Christian, you cannot love like you used to love. You cannot live like you used to live. And again, I'm talking about before Christ. You should be and you are changed for the better in order for you to be better.
1: Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, This mean that means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has just begun. You are a new creation in Christ. You don't have to have the pressures of what you went through when you put on Jesus Christ. Amen? You can no longer live like the old man that has passed away used to live. If you do, then you should question whether you're truly born again. Now, on God's side, he says he will not pour his goodness into the sinful old man. In Mark 2, 21 through 22, Jesus said... Besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth, leaving an ev- even bigger tear than before. And verse 22, and no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Now, you have to realize in this process, when they have new wine, it ferments and it expands. If you have old wineskins, they were usually leather, and they as they got older they would get more harder and cracked and didn't have the expansion and that a new wineskin would have. And that's what Jesus is saying about us. Man, you put your new wine in an old wineskin. In other words, if you put if you had that relationship with Jesus Christ and you haven't changed, you're gonna explode. <laughs> So you want to have that new life to pour in the new wine, amen? amen? And that's a process that needs to be done over and over and over. So every time, you need to start thinking, when you want more of God, you need to get rid of the, the, more of you. Amen? Hmm. Amen.
0: Amen. Go ahead. So... God is doing a new thing. He wants to begin something new and fresh in each one of you, but in order to do that, you have to yield yourself to him. As the scripture says, you have to be born again. And I'd this next passage only to say that Jesus expected us to be born again. He expected us to be changed. In John 3 3 it says I tell you the truth unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven So many people think well. I'm a good person Won't God accept me in heaven? No Because you're not born again What's the requirement of being born again? You have to confess your sins You have to allow the blood of Jesus to wash those sins away you have to start walking in faith and in his righteousness you do those things you're born again but a lot of people get hung up on this well I'm just I'm a good person you know God's gonna accept me I'm sorry but he's not because God can't allow sin into heaven and there's only one way to forgive sins and that's through the blood the blood of his son Jesus Christ Nicodemus couldn't believe what Jesus said and he asked What do you mean? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? So this isn't talking about age, is it? Right, Harry? He's talking about the spirit, not the age of this human earth suit that we're all wearing. Jesus replied in verse 5, I assure you no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth Amen. to the spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. We're going to close with this. If our worship team could come back up. We said this more than once today. God is in the business of change. We need to be willing to push through the thoughts, to push through the feelings of not wanting that change. That place where we're comfortable with the old, with that familiar thing, with that familiar person. It might be you, it might be somebody else. You know, there are people in your life you shouldn't be hanging around with because they lead you astray. They represent the old. Now, there may be a day when you can come back into that person's life, but for now, if you just became born again or if you're born again and you're hanging out with the old, familiar people who are not helping you to reach your goals, your godly kingdom goals, it may be time to sever those ties for a season and let God begin to work in Amen. you. It might require you to sever your ties to that old religion you know some of us were raised in some pretty fundamental religions and we still cling to those today even though there isn't a lot of truth in what we were taught make sure that it's biblical make sure that it lines up with the scriptures Don't just run off because that's what you were taught when you were eight, but make sure that whatever it is, whatever religion you're following, that it's true religion. Amen. And I believe true religion is this, that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Not denominational, it's not Baptist, it's not Catholic, it's not Assemblies of God, it's not any of the other names. It's a relationship. That's what God wants with you. And by giving God permission to change you, you in turn will become happier and better rounded, and the changes that he makes in you will ultimately lead to prosperity. And I mean in every sense of the word. Spiritual health, health, your finances, all of that, when you put God first and when you give him your life, he'll change you for the better. Hallelujah.
1: Maybe you feel like you're in a spiritual rut. Maybe you feel like the leper's at the gate. You don't want to go backwards and you don't want to stay where you are, but you're afraid to go forward. Or you feel like you don't need to go forward. If you're feeling like that, man, you better re-examine your life. Go forward. Step out. Let God do some new things in you today. Look for those epiphanies to be able for God just to say, yeah, that's it, go for it. But God, I can't do that. I don't blah, blah, and just knock it off. Tell yourself to stop and keep going forward anyway, amen?
0: We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.